Hi guys, it's Kales, and I reread The Hate You Give this week. And I'm Allison, and I started reading it for the first time. So exciting! Allison has never read The Hate You Give, and I just, I, I couldn't help myself when I picked this one, because I also was like, oh crap, I'm gonna give her another, like, really sad book. Yeah. Uh, that's really depressing, and I, but I couldn't help myself, because the movie comes out this, this month. And uh, the movie comes out uh, the the week that we're going to post this. Right. Actually, it's that Friday, which is awesome. And I've seen it, and it's great. And I, I just couldn't help myself because people are going to be talking about this book, and people are going to be talking about this movie. And I feel like that Allison just needs to be a part of that conversation. So, sorry, not sorry. I've been planning uh, to read this book. I just haven't gotten around to it because I haven't been in, like, the right headspace to deal with it. But I've been forced, and that's okay. That's okay. It's It's... It's a really good book. That's the other thing, too, is that, like, there's a lot of trauma that comes into this, but there are so many positive elements also that I love, and you're 92 pages in, and so you haven't quite hit all of those points yet, but when you continue to read it, you're going to fall in love, I think, with the same things that I fell in love with, Um, and then I'll be interested to talk to you about uh, the movie afterwards too because uh there are some significant differences mainly the ending and not in a bad way but it just was like oh and oddly i actually thought the ending of the movie was better than the ending of the book which i think is gonna be really controversial oh but that's but i know I'm intrigued <laughs> i know it's yeah it they change it it's definitely different um because they find kind of a different through line that's in the book but they focus on that more than they focus on the through line that the book focuses on, which is really interesting. And I'm probably confusing the hell out of you right now. I'm just like but sitting back and listening to the ride. Like, I have no clue what you're talking about. No, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah. So, welcome to Novel Predictions. Now that we've talked about uh, the hate you give the movie and the hate you give you book. And I've, I haven't have spoiled anything, technically. No. Uh, yeah. So, Novel Predictions. What do we do? We, it's a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. It's a podcast. Welcome. Uh, Hello. <laughs> I promise we're more organized than this. Um, we reread slash read for the first time books and try to predict the ends because we want to torture ourselves. But it's super fun. It's not just torturing ourselves. It's torturing our friends. Yeah. Like, that's that's how that goes. Um, no, it is. It's super fun. Um, you should check out our past episodes if you haven't already. We did Aragon, which was our first book that Allison made me read for the first time. Yeah. And then I made Allison read The Fault in Our Stars. And then Allison made me read Poison Study. So those are those are the first three books we've done. And if you haven't noticed, there's a pattern. Um, <laughs> Allison hates contemporary. So more often than not, every other month, uh, we're going to throw a contemporary in there. I've been thinking about throwing a fantasy her way or like a historical fiction um, just to give her a break. But yeah, and I have no idea what she's going to pick for me. And I I'm make, sure you have it in your head. I make Kales read long fantasy books. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You were so funny. You were complaining about the length last it's long. Uh, time. Okay, yeah, but Aragon, Aragon not Aragon. Arag- what is Aragon? <laughs> Ar- Aragon is the parody version. No, Aragon is over 500 pages, so fuck off. Sorry, bud. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so we go through and uh, I ask Allison a series of questions after what she thinks about what's going to happen in this book. Um, but I'd love to know your initial thoughts because you've read the first five chapters. I which, did, which is a significant I, chunk, actually. It is. It's almost 100 pages, and this book is about four something, four, 450? 44, I think. Yeah, I think and and so you got through 92 pages, which is a significant chunk, so I'd love to know what you think about it so far. Oh, yeah, and also spoilers for Hate You Give, like, obviously... Oh, yeah, we, we believe in spoilers <laughs> around here. Um, we definitely do spoilers. Hashtag spoiler squad. Big, which big I don't spoilers. know how, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to make it a thing, but I think I'm going to make it a thing because I like spoiler squad. It's cool. It's going to be a thing. Okay. Um, I, so I went into reading this book knowing that I was, like, I've, I've wanted to read this book. This isn't something I've been resistant to. It's just something I've put off until I was like, okay, I'm ready to read a book about this really hard and current topic um yeah absolutely that makes tons of sense yeah so i am i'm really liking it i like the um how committed angie is to the vernacular and like the writing and how she changes it when star goes to school and like that that code switching that she's doing is so cool yeah it's the voice of it is awesome that when i when I first read it, it reminded me of having to read, like, Their Eyes Were Watching God. Like, you almost have to read it out loud. Yeah. 
if it's not if it's not your vernacular right because it's not a written dialect it's a, it's a spoken dialect and so exactly it, yeah it, so it, you how it did you have to read it out loud almost it did throw me at first a little bit because i was like reading this is so strange but yeah then I, once i started like hearing it in my head i was like oh yeah this has total totally normal rhythm um so that was super awesome i really liked that the story it's i i didn't expect for the um shooting to happen so soon like yeah like chapter fucking two yeah it happens so quickly um and oh here let me do say this what i knew about this book before reading it um oh shit we're supposed to also (laughs) say that it's fine uh, <laughs> we'll get we'll get used to this format. We haven't even recorded ten episodes yet. We'll yeah. be fine. Um, what I knew about this book before reading it, so I knew it was about a white police officer shooting an unarmed black man. I knew it was a, the main character was a girl who was a wit- the only witness to the shooting and friends with the man who was shot, and that she was kind of living in two worlds, going to this prep school with like all these white suburbanites and living in this neighborhood um, where she grew up. And then I also knew there was some element about like drug dealers and like them trying to silence her for some reason. I don't know why. And I still don't know why yet. Um, But that, so that is all I knew about it. Mostly from just discussions I've had with people and like the movie trailer. Yeah. So that's what I knew. Um, so I was, but I think that's a that's a good base knowledge. Like it's a good overview. Yeah. It's not too detailed. It still allows you enough room to play and uh, speculate. Predict. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was really surprised um, that the death happened so quickly. Um, I was very intrigued by the reactions to the death in the community and with her family because they obviously are super sad about it and react to it, but it's also presented as like a part of life living in this community and that was heart-wrenching in and of itself but it was also just kind of an interesting exploration of like what how um police brutality is perceived in like predominantly black communities so that was cool and then the death of her friend when she was 10 Oh, yeah. Was, Natasha. That was something I didn't expect. I didn't expect her to have these two paralleling traumas. Um, I expected this to be, like, the her friend dying by the police being the initial trauma of her life. And it's not the case. So nope. that kind of switched my perspective of, okay, how is this going to – how is she going to be reacting? How is this going to go? Um, but, yeah, so those are my initial thoughts. I'm really enjoying it. It is hard to read. I haven't cried, but I think that's because the way people in the book are dealing with the event is not like a crying thing. It's like a, right, we have to do something thing. Um, so I feel more like fired up than sad. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my, my initial thoughts. Your initial thoughts? Yeah. I am, um, I made you read this book because I, it's such a brilliant, poignant piece of fiction, mm-hmm. um, and it's so amazing the different perspectives it offers, even though it's just from mainly Star's perspective. Yeah. It, it is told in first person, but it's something that I think can speak to a variety of people and really hits at humanity. I agree, yeah. And But here's the other thing. When this book came out, I was worried that it was hyped up because of the subject matter. Sure. And that was something that I take very seriously in hyped books and hyped things in general. Yeah, you don't like like, hyped stuff. No, I hate hyped stuff. Um, Just, yeah, let's talk about the fact that I went and saw Dear Evan Hansen, and I'm probably one of the very few people in this world that hates it now. (gasps) But We have to have that talk later. Not on the podcast, but later. No, not on the podcast, but absolutely let me just go on to an entire rant. I don't like hype stuff. I've never liked hype stuff. I've always been really resistant to hype stuff. But I read this book because of its importance and because of the subject matter. But the thing that I appreciated the most is that it was still a well-written book. Yeah. And it was still a well-crafted story. And it's something that 
had so many elements and layers and it actually was a amazing book like it deserves the hype and not just because of the subject matter like I totally thought this was like oh it's gonna be one of those books because it's what's pertinent in the world right now and no it's actually an amazing well-written book and Angie Thomas is a great author she really I feel kind of bad yeah I feel kind of bad for her actually because it's kind of like the Marcus Zusak, J.K. Rowling syndrome in terms of like, here's the phenomenon you created. And I just hope that she doesn't try and go chasing that phenomenon because no, she's probably never going to write anything that's as good and as prevalent and as um, poignant, hyped up. Yeah, poignant and as hyped up as this. Um, but she's still an excellent writer. And I I was so enamored with this book. I, I love one of my favorite things about this book is the family. Um, her family is unconventional. Yeah. But awesome. Her parents, I adore her parents and how they take care of her. I love seven and, um, Seneki and, and, and everybody there. Like I just, and I haven't gotten a lot of her family yet. Like, no, you haven't, but you're going to we, like, and scrape it, it's the something, surface. Yeah. But even just how her parents take care of her after that tragedy, Yeah, you know, and how her mother is so protective of her with the police interrogations and stuff. It's something that I found amazing. And I found that there are such flawed characters in this book, but you love them and root for them. And yet they feel so human. And I, like I said, I was going to push this book off for a little while to spare you. Um, <laughs> Cause no, I really don't think anything's going to be as like, this one, I think, like you said, is going to rile you up a little bit more than it's going to make you cry. Right. Um, Which I'm okay so with I think, that. Yeah. So that's a bit of a different change. But I wanted to give you a different break from The Fault in Our Stars. But the movie was coming out. And I couldn't help myself from a marketing PR standpoint for us to do a podcast about the book that's coming out. I mean, the movie that's coming out at the same time. And I, I was just like, well, fuck it. Like, we're just going to read this now. Because um, it's still important. And I'm really glad that you're liking it. Um I knew you would in the sense of like, I don't, I don't, I, I think it's a rare occurrence to find someone who doesn't like this book. Um, but I'm really anxious to see where you think it's going to go and how it's going to evolve from here. Well, and I um, think, I think it's one of those things too, where I want to engage about things that are, are poignant and um, current and really need our attention but it's hard for me. Like, I'm not a nonfiction reader. I just don't... Right. I don't trend towards those things. So, um... And YA nonfiction sucks. Well... Sorry. I that's very true. But rarely I rarely read, like, a, a teen-oriented nonfiction. Right. But even adult nonfiction. I'm just not a nonfiction reader. And so I... I, I wanted to read this book um, to engage in that way where we, like... Where fiction creates that engagement, even though it's not a factual depiction of a specific event it is still you know talking about the culture talking about the repercussions of certain actions um two years ago i read all american boys oh yeah by jason reynolds with jason reynolds and um his co-author whose name i'm forgetting and that makes me feel really bad sad yeah it's chris something <laughs> but it's but it was written it's a it's another book about police brutality um yep. And it was written, co-written by a white author and a black author. And they, and it's from two perspectives, from the white boy who witnesses the brutality and the black boy who experiences the brutality. And it's really good, but it's a lot different because it has that dual perspective and the boy who is brutalized does not die. Yeah. So he is still there to like be dealing with it from, from that standpoint. So I'm excited to read The Hate You Give because takes it to an extreme that we definitely experience in our community. Um, yeah. But I haven't read about yet. So that's exciting for me. Yeah, it's good. I'm. It's it's really good. And I, I remember shoving it into a lot of people's hands, including my sister, who is such a picky reader, and she loves it. And uh, she was the one who I actually took to the advanced screening I saw and – we both were like, holy crap. And um, I did cry three times in the movie. Um, I'm, a, I'm more of a crier at movies at and movies. TV shows and stuff than books. So I probably yeah. will too. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'll be anxious. Like it, if we do do like that bonus episode of like when we see the movie, 
I would be anxious to know what parts you cry at because the parts that Caden cried at and the parts I cried at were hardly the same. I think we had one crossover. Okay. Um, but it's just really interesting. So um, I am really excited for this book. Um, and I am really excited to hear about your experiences. And, and I'm also – I'm just anxious to see how close you're going to get with these predictions here. I don't know. Um, I am I feel so, like – down the middle like I could get it totally right or I could get completely wrong and I have no idea which way I'm gonna lean no I know and that's that's what's interesting about this one is that it it feels like it could be predictable but at the same time it's like right man I don't know exactly yeah so I will also be interested to see if I'm right all right well um so I want to explain the questions a little bit so this section of the podcast we normally have a set of questions that we have. And the, the questions are like, does the MC fall in love? What tropes do you think you'll see as our mentor? Who's going to die? What's a twist? And why is the story from the MC's perspective? And so some of these are relevant, um, but we really generated these questions when we were thinking about a fantasy series because yeah. we're biased apparently. And <laughs> we were thinking about um, like hero's journey and like all these yeah, things we were. that were very fantasy. Right, exactly. And hero's journey could also be in contemporary fiction as well, which I, I would argue that it is very much in this book too. But that said, um, we're going to try something a little different. And and because this podcast is always evolving and moving forward and we're still trying to figure out our own method with it. So thank you guys for bearing with us. Um, I just picked up a book uh, called Save the Cat Writes a Novel by Jessica Brody, who's a good friend of mine. And, uh, and it's based off the Save the Cat Writes a Screenplay method. And it argues that in every single story, there are 15 beats. And she tracks it in this particular one. I haven't read the screenplay version. But in in this particular one, she claims that it can go all the way back to Dickens and Jane Austen and that you can find these 15 beats. And it's not a formula per se, but it's it's like a storytelling code that people have figured out um, and sharing. And it's really for plot and structure. Uh, It's not necessarily about the craft or writing, but it really helps you figure out your story. And since this is so universal, um, we're going to try and pull out some of the beats here because basically... We read Act One. Yeah. That's how that goes. Is we we read the first five chapters in which you could probably get the entirety of Act One, uh, as told by the Save the Cat beats. So then, breaking into Act Two and Act Three is really where we're gonna try and see. Well, can Allison and Kales predict those moments? Um, because really, that's that's what it is. And our our questions tap into that. Um, but this is just a little bit more formal. So we we might use this one. Um, for some of our more contemporaries and switch back and forth. So that I just wanted to explain that before we move on with it. And that you should check out Save the Cat because it's actually a really cool literary criticism as well as a how-to writing manual. Um, I don't know. I've been finding it interesting. For all those people um, who can read nonfiction. There you go. Yes. <laughs> for all those people who can read nonfiction. I can read nonfiction. I enjoy it. Uh, but what's so funny is I'm reading this book, Allison, and it just reminds me of, like, all my studies in theater. Yeah. Because it's, it's literally the goddamn same thing. Sure, of course except it is. In, except instead of a catalyst, we call it an inciting incident. It's just different verbiage for the exact same fucking thing, <laughs> which is so funny to me because I was like, this isn't new, McKay. Uh, this is not – this is – this is the exact same thing. You just have studied in plays, but it's just interesting to me. Maybe this so, will make you write your book faster slash yeah, more we'll poignantly. S- yeah, we'll see. I just got to pick a story. It's funny. At the MPIBA thing, I was talking to a bunch of people, and like literally three times, they were like, are you a writer? And I was like, yes. how? This hasn't come up. But, I mean, yeah, but well, when I'm in the professional world, I try really hard not to talk about the fact that I write um and I don't know why, but I feel the need to keep that separate until, like, I have a book or something. I don't know. That's weird. And another existential crisis for another day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I am going to pull from some of our questions here. But I will go first and say, does the MC fall in love? And my point of saying that is I know she has a boyfriend. Yeah. And I know you know she has a boyfriend. So I guess my question of that is, like, does she, does stay, she stay in love? Yeah. Does she stay in love or does she find someone else? So the point, or is there like, you know, she breaks up with him and then finds her own power? I don't know. Like, what what is her what is her romantic deal? Okay, what's her deal? Um, what's her deal? <laughs> I okay. Let me think about this. So she is with him in the beginning of the book. She's pissed because he, like, basically was like, he. They were like, 
you know, getting it on. And then he like pulled out a condom and she was like, what the actual fuck, dude? Yeah, because they hadn't talked about that, which might I also add was pretty cool. Like in terms of the fact that it was this cool, like sex positive in terms of like they'd been fooling around and doing other things. I think one of her lines is like, we've done almost everything. Yeah. Enough to like get it on, but we haven't actually had sex. And she's like, I'm not ready for that. And the fact that there was a positive portrayal of her being like, fuck no. Well, and you I know, think she said like, that's cool. I think she said like, we've talked about the fact that I'm not ready. And then him pulling out that condom was like, what the fuck? Did you just not listen to me when I said that? Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it was. So that puts me like on edge about him. Uh, but yeah, Chris, at the, his like Chris. Yeah. Mm, yeah. His one syllable white boy name. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Which I joked about with Seth the other day. Seth and Nate, and he was, my husband. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, when I was joking with Seth about it, and he goes, I have a one-syllable white boy name. And I was like, I know, babe. It's okay. It's he goes, okay. but it's from the, he goes, but it's from the Bible. Like, that was going to help. Yeah, like, that and I was like, better. I was like, no, honey, but it's okay. Um, anyway. It, but you, you at least, yeah, you at least have Nathan. No, it's not Nathan. It's a, Nathaniel. Oh, it's Nathaniel. So it's even three. Yeah syllables but he goes so. by Nate. yeah but he goes by name anyway <laughs> sorry welcome, welcome to our relationship corner um yeah. so, so hey it happens it does i i don't know oh, i'm so i'm so on the fence about it because i think he could be like from what she said and from their little interaction with the like fresh prince of l.a singing they seem like they could be really great like she really is into him and he is like unabashedly into her yes but at the same time, like, that's not cool, dude. I, and, and I know he's, like, apologetic about it, but so let me say this. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay together, but I kind of hope that she, like, distances herself so that she can, like, you know, do what she needs to do for herself and, like, be in this whole thing that she's dealing with or that she confides in him and he becomes like the super supportive and like useful (laughs) for lack of a better word person for her who can like you know be her rock yeah i don't think they're gonna like it seems unlikely that he's gonna get shitty and then they'll break up because he's shitty i think it'll either be they stay together and he's good or they aren't together because she needs to get her head right and he's like respectful of that yeah um but you bring up people being shitty so if you don't think he's gonna be shitty do you think anybody else is gonna be shitty uh probably yeah i feel like some people um and i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go with in her star version two world of in the school version yeah in her williamson prep is anybody gonna be shitty there so i think because we know that there's gonna be some shitty people in garden heights but we're but different shitty different kind of shitty i think um what's her best friend's name it's there's two there's there's two girls but what's the one that she's like we've been together forever and there's Haley. there's Haley. Haley. okay so i think who's Haley? Haley's the white one and then um the other friend is uh half asian and i don't remember what that friend's is it maya Maya. yeah Maya? maya yeah it's maya okay it's maya maya Haley, and star and Haley's white and maya's half asian so I think Maya's or no, I think Haley is gonna be shitty because she's already kind of being shitty. Um, she like Star was talking about how she like unfollowed her on Tumblr because Star posted something about a black kid getting shot by the police. Which can I also just say is adorable to me because I don't pay attention at all to like who follows me on Tumblr, and I don't know if that's just me in my life, but like my Tumblr is totally just a a really stupid. Yep. place for me to troll around on the internet but like that people actually use tumblr as a social media platform yeah. is so weird it's to me it's bizarre to me too i feel like i only use tumblr to like find ridiculous uh like throne of glass memes <laughs> right yeah it's <laughs> like true. literary memes like that's what i would like use tumblr for um yeah but yeah so she's like she unfollowed me on tumblr and she like didn't want to she didn't text her at all over whatever break they were just on spring break or something oh yeah so I feel like she's distancing Haley, Haley, Haley. Yeah. Is distancing yeah. herself from star because star is becoming more like vocally woke about what's happening in her community and what's happening to black people in general in this country. And Haley's uncomfortable with that. She's got like that white discomfort going on. Fair. 
So I think they're going to be, I think they're going to become like estranged. Um, what about Maya? Maya seems, I, I haven't gotten a lot from her yet, but I feel like maybe she's going to be more receptive and on board and supportive of Star um, and be, kind of take the place of Haley as her best friend as like the main yeah. one. So that's. No, that's fair. I think that's. Um, I like, no, and I, I mean, I'm so blind right now. I'm just. No, you're okay. You're doing great. Um, that's what this is about. No, I know. Um, but no, but I, I, it's no spoiler that those three relationships from her version two star is are important. Yeah. Um, you know that those are kind of vital to her being as as a whole person. Um, I'm interested in also. Do you think? You know, because I'm going to kind of split this questioning up into, like, one side of it and the other side of it um, as Star sees herself. So do you think anything else happens at at her school. The school or with version two? You know, do you, like, where do you see that going in the story? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she, like, starts integrating the versions of herself because she's sick of... Like, she sees the hypocrisy in hiding her Garden Heights self when she's there yeah. because of this event. Um, so she either, like, you know, starts talking like she does in Garden Heights or she... Uh, I, I feel like she was talking in the first few chapters about how she changes... I don't remember if she changes the way she looks at all. She, like, wears, like, baggy clothes at home yeah, but she's and then she but, has to wear her uniform. But, she's in a but uniform. she always wears her sneakers. But yeah, but she always wears sneakers. Yeah, so because um, she says something about like being black in that school makes you automatically cool as long as you're not being acting ghetto in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um. So I think that she'll probably like integrate herself a little bit more and become more of a holistic person, so she can, you know, fight these stereotypes and feel like she's contributing to the um the good of the situation and yeah maybe she'll like i don't know start some kind of social activist group at her school that would be cool i'd be into that um and it would probably be really poorly received by everyone until they realize from her kind of instructing them what is going on um I do think that her school life is going to play a major role in her development as a character, probably less so in the storyline of like her telling the story of the shooting um, right. to the police and then whatever's going on with the drug dealers that I like very vaguely know about. I think that's Garden Heights stuff. And then she's going to like do a lot of developing as a person through her her school time yeah so then also um kind of in that same vein how do you think anything's gonna happen other than because you predicted that star's gonna like integrate them with herself in a way yeah um and kind of combine her two sides do you think that there's gonna be any moments like what's a moment that's gonna help star integrate the two you know what i mean like are there going to be any crossovers like is Haley gonna meet people mm. or is it you know what i mean like because seven it goes to the same school and so does um sakani yeah but sakani's younger but seven and her go to the same they're in they're the same in grades yeah yeah exactly and so but she also has other friends like kenya and stuff like th those she keeps those two worlds rather separate but do you think that there's going to be any meshing of that somehow yeah, I do. Out, outside of her control. I wouldn't you know I mean like I outside think, of what she's doing. I wouldn't be surprised. So the story opens with her at a party in Garden Heights that she and she's super uncomfortable. Um, mostly because Kenya is acting like fairly hostile towards her being like, you never come out. And like, you know, you're like too good for us because you like go to school with all those white kids. And I wouldn't I. I I think that Star will probably in bring Kenya around to her school and or like a party that is being thrown by people. So it's like a <clears throat> a mirror um, 
like one party to one party and you know stars the outsider and the garden heights party and kenya ends up being the outsider at the other party but maybe hopefully <laughs> gets like accepted and integrated into and sees a little bit more into where stars coming from living in those two worlds um yeah. i it's possible she would bring some of her school friends like to garden heights and i think she probably does but i doubt it's the same situation i doubt it's like a party i think it's probably more like they like come and come to her house and like eat dinner with her family and that kind of thing more than like go to a party so do you think both's gonna happen yeah i do i think both will happen but i don't i think the the party thing will happen and there'll be like a mirror for the fur for the first chapter um for a school friends party and then maybe even a mirror so i wouldn't be surprised if there's a scene and i forget if there was one where um star is at like one of her you know school friends house and it's like a mini mansion or whatever and they're like doing stuff there i wouldn't be surprised if there's another mirror where she brings a school friend to her neighborhood so yeah that's what i would do cool <laughs> Um, I want to ask you about, uh, the shooting. Okay. And, uh, talking to the police and where do you think that's going to go? Um, I want you to predict how that part of the story is going to play out. So where I stopped reading, she's like about to go talk to the police, like that moment. Right. Which is, which I think is a really good place to stop because then you have no yeah, I have no perception real, of how that goes. You have no real perception. Yeah, exactly. That That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, I think it is probably going to go poorly. Um, and that she's not going to feel like they're hearing her. And she's... But I want you to I want you to go all the way up, like, in terms of not just talking to the police, but, like, what happens after talking to the police? And does this go to trial? Is this national? Is this, you know, is it ignored? Is it, you know, sure. what, what... I want you to tell me how that thread... Okay, so I, of that storyline goes. Okay, so I think she goes and talks to the police. Um, they're either like super defensive or just ignoring what she's saying happened and claiming that, you know, the officer thought he had a gun and that kind of stuff. Um, and so in talking to the police, she, because, because at the beginning she's like, I don't want this to become a national thing. I don't want the spotlight on me. Um, she's very resistant to that idea. Which is why she is considering not talking to the police at all, and she's convinced by her uncle. So I think she goes, talks to the police, they're shit. Um, and then based on that, she realizes that she needs to be a voice for her friend whose name is escaping me. What is his name? Khalil. Khalil. There we go. I kept wanting to say Khalid, and I was like, I know that's wrong. Um, no, it's Khalil. She needs to be a voice for Khalil and her neighborhood and like advocate for them because she was the only witness to this thing. And she has one, a tie to Garden Heights, but also a, like a tie into this rich white community through her school. So she can like, you know, try to bridge this gap and, and build support from both sides. Um, so I do think she gets super vocal about it, but then based on my very slim knowledge of the drug dealer thing, I think there's another, not in addition to the police, like trying to silence her, like trying not her for her not to become this national advocate. Um, there's something going on with like the drug dealers in Garden Heights, probably the drug dealer that Khalil worked for wanting her to also not talk about it for some reason. And I don't know the reason why they, yeah, they're called the, they're called the kingpins. You've learned that before. Yeah. The king, yeah. Kingpins. And her, like her dad used to be a king. Well, and you know about seven, right. And how, Seven's mom is currently with the kingpin that Khalil worked for. Right. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just letting you know that that's that you know that and that the kingpin and Seven's mama are are Kenya's parents. Right. Because that's that's important. Yeah. Just to remember that dynamic. Yeah. Because Maverick is Seven and Star's father. Yes. Right. So. Yeah. So I think. It'll be, and I, I wouldn't, I hadn't thought about it, but it makes sense for Kenya to have a, a an interpersonal struggle too, because there's this whole scene with her father who like, 
is acting super crazy and weird towards Maverick, and then he makes her, can you get in the car to leave? And so she's going to have to choose what side of this she supports. But I'm not sure exactly what the motivation for the for the drug dealer, the organization, to try to silence Star is, but I believe that it's going to happen. So then she's going to have to decide, you know, am I going to keep speaking up and risk both, like, public censure and all these things from the police and what they represent, which is, like, kind of the white community, and then also risk probably, like, life and limb from this criminal organization um, in Garden Heights. So what does she decide? She definitely keeps speaking up. There's no way she's not going to. There's no way she's going to be silenced by these people. Um, But I think probably. So then I'm going to ask what happens then if she continues to speak up? What are the consequences? Yeah. Hmm. Or are there any? Like, I do think there are going to be consequences. Magically, the, I was going to say, like, magically the drug lords fuck up and they get caught. Like, I yeah. don't know. What, what? I think, um, I think the consequences are going to be less. Spoiler, spoiler, Allison, that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, I think the consequences are going to be, she thinks she's going to be directly, um, like, assaulted in some way, but it's going to end up being, like, her, someone in her family is targeted instead of her as, like, a proxy um, yeah. And, and she's going to have to deal with that and determine if she's going to, how she's going to make them stop or whatever, and who's going to be an ally in this. And I think, I think Seven's going to be an ally. Um, and I think, cause I think he cares more about Star than he does about his father or I guess not his father, his mom's relationship with the Kingpin. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll be hard for him, too, because Kenya's his little sister, and so... Well, and from the sounds of it, though, it sounds like you think Kenya's going to be an ally. I think Kenya will be an ally in the long run, but I think that she's going to be... It's going to be hard for her. I think she's going to kind of have to go on her own journey yeah, with it, and it's, she's not going to be an ally for most of the book, and then she's going to pull it out at the end. I think that's really what's going to happen. Um, she's cool. going to be the reluctant. Uh, can I ask... Yeah. Yeah, can I ask what you think is going to happen with um, the police officer? So in my, like, fantasy about this book being happy, (laughs) I think the police officer would get adequately punished for his actions. Um, Which means what? Which would mean him getting fired at the very least, if not serving time um, for killing an innocent person without any threat of a weapon. Um, realistically because i know that the story is about how our world is actually dealing with these things probably he'll get like a slap on the wrist or a paid suspension and it will fuel stars you know rage and incredulity about this whole thing and make her even more active um probably there will be like a physical protest and probably it will get out of hand, which will then cause more problems for Star and her like credibility within her the school and white white suburban um, faction of her life. Um but I d- Can I also just say that I we're doing this remotely right now. Normally we do this in front of one another, but I love the fact that I can step away from my microphone and groan or laugh <laughs> or smile or like fist bump or like yeah. just be so much more reactionary than I ever am able to do in front of you. Um, not saying that we should continue to do this remotely. I mean, we do it when it when it works for us because I do like seeing you, but. I'm just enjoying the moments I'm having and you can't see me. Yeah, well, you <laughs> That's great. Be like, yes. Exactly. Um. Which has happened a couple of times, <laughs> but maybe a no. And I'm, I'm not saying either way. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, I know. I feel that it's too. really fun to be reactionary. Uh-huh. It is super fun. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I see that going with the police officer, officer specifically. I also probably see some kind of 
reckoning with her uncle because her uncle Carlos is a police officer yep. or a detective maybe. Um, and he was the one who convinced her like, you need to talk to the police. They'll listen to you and all these things. And I feel like maybe he's going to either become disenchanted with the police and their um, non-bias, like what he feels should be a non-bias and, or no, I'm going to say that I don't want him to be estranged from his family. So I think that he's going to become like, he's going to become an advocate for her side from inside the police department because he realizes that they're not listening to her because of her race and the situation. Awesome. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm kind of moving towards, so I started with the, the friends and, and Chris, the boyfriend. Yeah, we're taking and, and so her. long on these questions. Oops. No, that's okay. No, this is good. I'm probably not going to get to save the cat now that I've talked about it, but it's fine. Um, I might get to like one or two things, but I want to, and then we like went kind of to the middle of how we think it's going to go, but I'd love to know as uh, same question in terms of what do you think the effects are going to be on her garden Heights community and that version of star? Like what part do you think they have to play? Um, I know you talked a lot about Kenya and stuff, but there's a whole community there, you know, and, yeah. and where she lives and her mother won't shut up about moving and the, the, there's the store, you know, that she's got her dad's store. And then, you know, they, the, there's uh, the, like the different community places she goes to. And uh, I think that, do you think, think they have a part to play? I'm just, yeah. cause in my head, I'm like, it's like a three parter in that I talked about the, her version two self. I talked about the actual plot of the story. And then I want to talk about her version one self. So I think that I'll keep it shorter this time. Cause I've been like rambling, but I think that she gets support from the community and then the community has some kind of repercussions for supporting her, um, either from the, uh, kingpins or from the police like being more aggressive towards the the community members um but in the end i think that they continue to support her like you know the her daddy's store and um the like barbecue place across the road and um khalil's like grandma and these people i think they're they all don't waver in their support and in the end it makes them stronger as a community even though they go through all this stuff and she I'm sure blames herself for the hardships that she's like bringing to these people but I think that it's in the end they they stick together as a community awesome um so from what I'm hearing from you so this is how I'm going to tie in the save the cat thing so I'm going to go through from what you've told me and I'm going to kind of construct your plot okay? because I jumped around. But so what I hear is that like your break into two moment is like the, the call to action um, and leave her comfort zone is when um, after she talks to police and that they're shit and she decides to go be an advocate yeah. and have her voice. The kind of B storyline that we've got going on here is kind of her relationships with her friends and her boyfriend, yeah. uh, both friends in Garden Heights and friends at Williamson, and where those storylines go, correct? Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the fun and games where the heroes in their new world is probably, like, her trying to, um, from what I hear from you, like, trying to be an advocate and trying to, like, create an organization maybe within her school or, like really trying to figure out what her voice is right yeah try to use her voice voice in both of her communities and and how that ends up looking yeah and then the midpoint i would think would be like when it culminates into a false victory or a false defeat would be probably when the drug lords come in and say like hey you need to shut up yeah it's like an added pressure yeah exactly um an added pressure and then like there's the bad guys close in which is probably you talked about like um somebody threatening like the kingpins threatening her family or something going wrong there you you talked about the it as a consequence of like she continues to speak out and then like someone else gets hurt right um but i want to ask like is there an all is lost like the lowest point of the novel that was one thing i didn't get kind of from you i do think so i think that probably um whenever whoever is being a proxy for her and taking 
whoever is attacked instead of her, be it a person or like her dad's store, maybe her dad's store is torched or something like that. Um, I think that at that point she really is at her lowest and she has to reevaluate everything. She really has to determine, is it worth my family and their livelihood and my community's safety to continue to, you know, walk the path I'm walking. And I do think she determines that it is worth it to continue, but probably not on her own, probably either her dad or um, somebody who was part of the target comes to her and says, you still need to do this. This is still important. This is even more important now that we've been targeted in this way. Um, yeah. You also mentioned her uncle could be that type of person too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that leads into like dark night of the soul, which is when like the tarot takes time to process everything and break into three is like the aha moment. So that you're saying that's like a conversation between somebody she loves. Yes. Who's a part of the affiliated and says, no, you actually need to go on. You have the permission to continue to speak out. Right. Um, and then the finale, you mentioned there being like a, a final protest type thing. Yeah, I don't know if the protest would be. Is it sooner? Did I misinterpret that? I don't know if the protest would be the finale of the story. I feel like it would be more like late middle. Um, okay. Where like, you know, people are protesting at the police station or something, you know. So like, maybe that's like more part of the midpoint. And then like the drug lords are like, nope, you led this protest. We're going to. You gave the example. We're going to torture dad's place. Right. Like as an, ex- yeah, as a, yeah. a consequence. I think probably the, I don't know. I think in this story, it's not unlikely that there's not like a real moment of triumph um, because it is, this is a real life situation that happens all the time. And you don't, we haven't seen a lot of moments of true triumph where like justice is properly served. I hope that the finale of this in terms of like, you know, we're getting to a conclusion is justice is served. Um, either the police officer is properly punished um, and, and she's taken seriously and, and people are actually caring. People outside of the, her Garden Heights community are caring about this incident or the kingpins are like taken down in a way that benefits garden heights like their their like reign of terror and is kind of comes to an end yeah comes to an end i know it sounds like a movie trailer their reign of terror ends comes to an end um they're like a batman movie um yes <laughs> <laughs> The dark. I can't. I can't. I can't. No. I can't yes. do it. Moving on. Moving on. Um. So, like, they're taken down to a place where, like, they're not recruiting the youth of this neighborhood and people are able to live without the fear of, of that organization. And then, yeah, cool. So that's, like, your finale. Yeah. And then, like, your final moment is kind of, like, you know, this culmination of star being able to be herself yes, and like exactly. take other friends to parties and dinner you know like i think being that yeah the culmination move. of the story is going to be star v v1 and v2 being integrated fully cool yeah um i kind of like that at the end of having just just as a comment on our format and and anybody can chime in here too who's a listener because i know we're not completely shouting out into the void um and you should let us know that we're not shouting out to the void by rating us uh five stars on itunes and commenting on there as well that'd be great (laughs) um that's my plug and um but i kind of like that at the end of like going through because it summarizes for me like what our thoughts are because we kind of jump around a lot yeah you know and um because it, it's so form, it's so uh, universal that it it could work. But anyway, we'll just keep trying and keep uh, going on that. Do you have any final thoughts you want to add? Any like last minute uh, predictions that you're like, oh, I just you know I want to mention that you know Chris dyes his hair blue or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like do, anything you want to throw in there? I do think. Okay, so I think. I okay as as we've been talking about it. I'm going to make a more concrete prediction about Chris. I think they're going to break oh, up. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she's got to, like, do her own thing. and Or she's going to break up with him because she's, like, scared that he's going to get hurt. Um, but. Really? She's scared the white boy's going to get hurt? Well, she's scared he'll get targeted by the. Oh, the, okay. Fine. By the gang instead of by the police. Like, the opposite side. Um, oh, yeah. That's fair. 
but I think <laughs> I just was having a moment. Like, really... like I'm, I was like, I'm sorry. Have you? Do you know what this book's about? Yeah. Like the that white boy ain't gonna get hurt by the police. <laughs> no. Um. So I think that they're they in their relationship, but I in the same way that I think um her friend is gonna come through for her at the end. I think that he'll probably come through for her at the end too, and be like a positive force. Um. And I know that there's a whole thing about her dad is like every time a black person is with a white, like dating a white person, he's like, Oh, seriously. Um, and she's, so she's scared to tell him and she hasn't even told him, even though they've been dating for a year, I think that there's going to be some reconciliation there. And he's going to be like, Oh, this is like actually a good dude, regardless of the fact that he's white. So I like that. I like ending on that note. Yeah. I think that's a, that you've made a solid prediction there. You constructed a solid story <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure it's well, wrong based on what you're saying. I, no, no, I'm not, okay. I'm not saying one way or the other. Uh-huh. I'm just, cause I'm trying to be nicer. I was so <laughs> cruel to you last time. You were. Um, I was, I was really, I was a jackass. Um, but no, I'm trying to, I, I helped you. It was good. We, I asked questions. I, it was good. Um, and so, uh, but no, sincerely, if you guys like what we do here, um, We'd love to hear from you. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram as uh, at Novel Prediction because Twitter hates S's. Yep. And um, we we are also uh, we're we're on iTunes and we're we're on where you can listen to podcasts. And you know that that rating and those star ratings and comments are really awesome and really helpful. And we love being a part of this book community and it's something that we're really enjoying meeting people and talking to you guys about it. And, um, we love that you love our concept and, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, and if you're really interested in these book podcasts, Allison, you've got another recommendation for here, right? I do. Yeah. So, um, we're going to do recommendations for other bookish podcasts and maybe podcasts in general, but right now bookish, um, during prediction episodes. So this month, um, I wanted to talk about the podcast Ink to Film, and it kind of actually ties in well because we were talking about this book, and then Kales has been talking about the movie a little bit. So Ink, yeah, and they left us a really awesome review. So thank you, Ink to Film. That they're they're really cool. Yeah, they're great. You should check them out. It's two guys, and they talk about um, movies and then their their film or screen adaptations. Um, and they look at the differences, they look at the similarities, it's, it's poignant and funny, so um, we're going to listen to their promo now. Hey there, I'm James. And I'm Luke. And we're the hosts of the Ink to Film podcast. A show about your favorite books and their movie counterparts. We've covered Fellowship of the Ring. I still to this day don't know how I feel about Elijah Wood as Frodo. Oh my god, man, blasphemy. Ready Player One. You can be kind of jaded and think about these things as like just straight up references, but like these are the things that formed me with guests like Emily Saveda. I think it's the universal blue glow of sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> and I love making things glow blue. I do it a lot in my books as well. And Mike Garnson. It's like every time there's a chance for this body horror, Carpenter will surprise us somehow by taking it in a new direction. New episodes every Thursday. Listen now wherever you download podcasts or at inktofilm.com. So yeah, check out. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, check out uh, Ink to Screen. No, ink to what film. did I say? <laughs> Fuck. Check, okay. Yeah. So go check you out Ink it. to Film. Um, they are also on iTunes and stuff. And if you haven't, you should go and look at the Lit Happens Twitter, where there's a ton of bookish podcasts. We're kind of a little community over there. If you're looking for new bookish podcasts to listen to, that's an awesome place to hang out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we love being a part of that community and we love talking to you guys. So feel free to reach out and uh, we'll answer your questions and just just don't tell Allison whether she's wrong or right until she finishes the book. Um, we love it when you guys read along with us as well. So hope you guys are reading the book uh, before you see the movie, which comes out October 19th, yes. uh, which is next Friday. So this is going to be posted on a Tuesday. So it'll be out on Friday. So you can read and watch and then we'll uh, we'll read and finish the book and see if Allison was right. Yay. Thanks guys so much. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us guys. Keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye.